Story family, gosh, I don't know about you all, but the magic of seeing so many of your smiling, wonder-filled faces in person at Story 2022 in Nashville is still lingering. Here we are just a barely over a month since the conference. It was an incredible feeling. Uh, we shared physical space with over, gosh, about 500 of you downtown, a little over 500 um, downtown Nashville after three long years and a whole bunch of you online. I got to read the comments and messages from the story virtual experience chat. All of it, it just made me realize over and over and over again how much this community means uh, to so many of you, not just to me and my team, but to all of you. It truly is special. And if you missed it, we've got an amazing episode for you here on the Story Podcast. We sat down recently with many of you for what we call a Story Town Hall, and we let you ask some of your questions. A few members of our incredible team put themselves on the hot seats as well, um, and allowing you to be able to ask your questions and get some behind-the-scenes insights. So you're going to hear a little bit from Kate, Angie, and Hannah on this episode, which is super fun. And from what the vibe is backstage to where Story is headed in the years to come, we covered a lot of ground, chatted about a lot of stuff. So I'd love to invite you to listen in, laugh with us, maybe have some of your own questions answered um, if they were frequently asked questions from the group. It's a pretty cool, special episode here on the Story Podcast. Listen in. Hey, let's jump in. I want to introduce you to a few folks. Uh, you see my face all the time. Uh, however, there's a few faces you don't get to see as often, one of which uh, I was just lovingly bickering with. Um, she is amazing. She's also my wife. Her name's Kate. Uh, Bay, welcome. Glad, glad to have you. Uh, and then two other team members that you may or may not be as aware of because they have not been front and center on stage or on camera at many of our events. Um, they're usually running around behind the scenes doing all sorts of crazy stuff. That is Hannah Tanner and Angie Klein. Hello to you both. Um, thanks for being here. Hannah, Angie, unmute. Tell us how your Friday's going so far. My Friday's going great. I uh, also appreciate Fridays, but I also appreciate Mondays. So it's kind of the best of both worlds. <laughs> Sticking with this day of the week theme. I love it. For and sure. I, I love it. And I know you love Fridays. I do. I love Fridays. They're a little different these days, but um, they're still the best. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Well, let's jump in with all of you. There's Rochelle and a special guest, a little tiny guest. Love it. Love it. Glad that little person is joining us. Brian, good to see you as well. We'll keep saying hi to folks as they jump in. Um, this, this time, <laughs> this time is for you all. Um, we just were like, you know what? We, we feel like we just kind of closed out that chapter of story. Um, and then we slept for like a week. Uh, all of us. And then we slept for a few more days the next week. Um, and now we're still kind of half sleeping, half slowly getting back to work. Um, and I think in light of especially this closing out a chapter for story, we're like, you know what? Let's just have a super informal opportunity to jump on Zoom uh, for an hour or so and just hang with a few members of our community who want to join us. And every year, I don't know if any of you made it live, every year we do this. Um, we offer one of the breakout options is just a sort of behind the scenes experience at story. And we did that uh, live this year. And so it was difficult for anyone who was attending virtually to join us for that. We also know it, 
that is up against four other breakout options and it's really hard to choose. And then even the folks who do have a chance to join us for that behind the scenes breakout experience, um, even then we always run out of time, always, always, always. And we're always cramming because we fit that in the main room in between two general sessions. Um, and so it's like, we're kind of simultaneously backstage, giving people backstage tours, um, while sound checking the speakers for the final session. Um, and so it's one of those scenarios where we were always running out of time. We always wish we had more time. And so we thought, let's just jump on zoom, give people a chance to ask questions. And so that's what this is for. If there's anything you've been wondering about story, uh, behind the scenes of any of your favorite moments, you're like, tell us more. Uh, if there's anything you're wondering about the creative process, how we build programming, this is your time to ask questions of the team. Uh, and we'll see what we can do to just spend this uh, last hour of inspiration together before we move on to, to building what's next. Yeah. Um, looks like we've had a few more join us. Hey, Patty. Uh, great to see you, Sadie. Great to see you as well. Ariana. It's so good to see you. Um, y'all Ariana, may I tell the story of you coming to Nashville? Is that okay? Um, I want to make sure I have your permission before I share that y'all Ariana was the first post that we saw pop up on social media. Uh, she might've been the first person downtown Nashville to walk by the venue on Monday and take a picture of the banners and was like, I'm here, which was a big deal. Cause she traveled all the way from the Netherlands to come to story this year. Um, and then later that night started showcasing some symptoms, had a sore throat, flew all the way from the Netherlands, Netherlands, ended up with COVID and did not get to come to the conference. So she hung out in Nashville for a week. Uh, we got her a care package sent over to her hotel, um, got her medicated and well, and then literally she jumped back on a plane after the conference ended uh, to fly all the way back to the Netherlands. And so I'm honored that you came all the way to Nashville to join us virtually for story this year, but I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that, that was your experience. If you don't mind, unmute, tell us how you're feeling, catch us up to speed. I would love to hear from you. I'm doing fine. I'm feeling fine. Good. So I'm back in the Netherlands, I think now for a week. So I spent two weeks in Nashville. <laughs> so and you got I, a little I, bit I, of extra I, time. Yeah, I had <laughs> Two days in Nashville, so I, I I roamed around Nashville for two days and I enjoyed myself. Well, I, of course, I was mad, I was confused, I was sad, I cried a lot, and then yes. there was story, and I could attend online, so that was a great experience uh, as well. So that was a, a great way to spend your quarantine time, uh, a part of my quarantine time. <laughs> and yes. I, I'm sure there's, there's a reason somehow in it. I haven't found it yet, but if I do, <laughs> I will share it with you. And I'm sure I will be back in Nashville someday. So yes, that, yes. That, yeah, yeah. yeah, or we can just make sure the next story event that we do is in Amsterdam or something. And that way better. you don't travel as far. Even better. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm not going to completely spill the beans, but there is a lot of international story talk in the works. Um, speaking Great. of behind the scenes, one of my favorite behind the scenes memories over the years, um, Jillian Farabee, many of you know who she is. She spent about 12 years in casting at Cirque du Soleil, um, ended up running Cirque Creative Labs for a while. She's been a friend of Story for a long time. The first year at Story was in 2017, and she came up to me after session one in 2017 uh, and said, hey, Harris, um, you that whole session, you kept talking over and over again about how it's storytelling and storytellers who shape the future of the world. And I kept hearing you say the word world, 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 world. And I'm just curious why you're doing story only in the U S 
Um, and I was like, well, that's a great question. And she lives in Montreal. I immediately jumped to assumptions said, oh, I would love to do it in Montreal. And she goes, Montreal? No, how about story on five continents, like in the next five years? Um, this is a true story. I will never forget her saying this. Um, I was like, oh, wow. And then she goes, oh, interesting. And I said, what's that? And she goes, I can tell you're not used to being surrounded by people who dream bigger than you do. And I was like, oh snap, Jillian just called me out and we're like not even friends yet. You're just a speaker backstage. <laughs> um, and that was of course the beginning of what has been a long friendship going on six or seven years now. Um, and so we have recently been texting quite a bit about that exchange and what it looks like to take story to multiple continents around the world. So fun stuff in the works. Um, and so I am, I'm sort of joking about bringing it to, to Amsterdam, but not really Ariana, you never know. We'll see what happens. Well, let's jump in with your questions. You can do this by two ways. You can just drop a question into the chat and we'll try to get to some of those might ask you to unmute and share more if you want to unpack some of that. Otherwise feel free just to raise your virtual hand here on zoom or just unmute and go for it. I think we have a small enough group. This is pretty manageable for you just to unmute. Let's just have an informal chat about story and all things behind the scenes. If you're here, you must be interested in something. And I certainly did not show up to talk to you by myself for an hour. So let's hear from some of you. Uh, what questions do you have about the process of creating the story experience this year? Pete, go for it, my friend. So Will, what I, we know you're feverishly working on the recordings. Yes. Is everything going to be part of that? So like yes. the, the main stage and the breakouts? Yes. Awesome. Yep. Yeah. So you'll have access. I mean, it's, it is a lot of hours of content, right? Cause we had four breakout slots and then there were five sessions happening simultaneously during each of those four slots. And so what is that four times five? That's 20 breakout sessions that you have access to ish. Um, all the in-person ones were captured, obviously, because we live streamed those out. And then obviously there were a couple of virtual only options that it's funny. I was walking through the lobby during one of the breaks and I saw a couple of people huddled together in the hallway with headphones in, and they were actually on the virtual platform participating in a virtual breakout while attending in person. And so we made the options available to everybody, but that way it'll give you a chance to go back and catch everything that you missed. And so uh, you're probably like uh, less than a week away. I would think we could actually, Angie's here. She can speak into it, um, but we're probably like a week away of getting you access to the initial load of content. And that will primarily be the general sessions in full from beginning to end, plus all of the breakouts. And then what you will start to see happen after you already have access to that vault of content in that library will start to appear individual talks. And so we just got the hard drive yesterday from our friends at Treeline Bamboo. They're the ones that capture the entire experience. They edit that, they get in a format that's actually uploadable. Um, we, we can't even open the files. Like once they, once they record the sessions, that file is massive and it's in some sort of codec. We can't even just open it as a QuickTime file. So there's all this conversion process that they go, they go through, they get all that to us. We organize that, get it uploaded to the server, and then we start the process of breaking it up. So if you just want to watch someone's individual talk, you can search for and find that more easily without having to sort of fast forward through all of the general sessions. But yes, all of that is coming to you. Angie, did I just throw you under the bus? Are you like a week? What are you thinking, Harris? <laughs> no, I feel like that's great. I wish okay. it was done today for you guys all. Feverishly <laughs> downloading, and I'm like yelling yes. at my computer, "Download faster!" <laughs> um, so it is. I'm I'm working on it, uh, and I I will hopefully yes. The, the plan is to have it up by next week. Sweet. 
Yeah. So keep so it we'll on your inbox. My, my Wi-Fi keeps going. Yeah. 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 We, so we're downloading like the virtual sessions, uploading those as we speak. Uh, we got the hard drive of the general sessions and the ones that we captured in person. Um, Mick picked that up yesterday. So all is in motion. We'll keep you posted. Any other questions about that, Pete? No, no. Uh, in particular though, selfishly, I wanted, uh, I've been so uh, just wanting to see the replay of uh, Joel's end of day poetry summations. Mm. And like every day since has, I've wanted every day to end with a brilliant poet summarizing the day for me. And I'm like, why is that just not everyday life? Like how perfect was that? So yeah, so um, can't wait. Short could, you, could you imagine like Joel just follows you around all day uh, throughout your life and your work. And then every night, you know, Pete tucks himself into bed, turns <laughs> exactly. off the lamp, and then Joel just walks into his room and just does his daily poem. <laughs> Why isn't that like a job? Why isn't that somebody's? I mean, like, that's, uh, you know, I'm yeah. sure you could put a poet on salary. Uh, I think poets, uh, salaries are very foreign to the idea of poets. And so I think there's probably some great poets around the world that'd be like, you'll put me on salary just to write poetry. Hey, anything's possible, Pete. <laughs> Uh, that's awesome. I love that. I love that. Um, Karen in the chat says, thank you for this. Looking forward to a wonderful diversion from Ian. I'm not sure who Ian is. If he's here, I'm sorry, Ian. Uh, someone's looking for a diversion from you. Unless that was a typo and I can't make sense of it. <laughs> Claire is the saying, hurricane. oh, hurricane shows how out of touch I am. <laughs> that's <laughs> what's going on. Diversion from Ian. Yes, that is a worthwhile diversion. Claire says, joining from LA, missed the very end of the live event because of flights. Could you share a basic idea of where story goes from here? This is my first event. It has already influenced my life as a creator measurably. So I want to know how to stay connected. Great question, Claire. I wish I knew all the answers to that question. Um, we do not have all the answers to that question, unfortunately. Um, I'm happy to chat about it, though. And, and kind of while I can't tell you what's coming, I'm happy to just kind of share transparently about that decision-making process behind the scenes and just kind of where my head's at on events. Um, we as a team, just trying to keep our fingers on the pulse of event culture and kind of what's happening and notice where the momentum is. One of the things that I can speak to pretty confidently is that um, there's not all conferences, but a lot of conferences, especially a conference like Story, um, it is somewhat ambiguous. How many of you kind of came back from Story and someone, coworker, friend, family member said, how was it? What was it like? And then you kind of struggled to explain what you went to. Does that happen? Did it happen to any of you? Yeah. So that is very common, right? And people come up to us all the time and they give us that compliment. Like it is impossible to put into words. I'm like, I appreciate that. I understand that is your way of saying it's amazing and indescribable. However, that makes it really difficult to explain to other people and describe why they should invest and come to it. Um, and I think part of that has to do with story is not designed to give you any sort of practical instruction or a specific how to or mastery of a specific skill set. Right. Does that mean that you don't learn anything at story? Of course not. You learn lots of stuff in a story. That's what those breakouts are there for, to get really practical so that you do increase your skill set in some form or fashion. But it's not like going to a full day training or one day workshop on that specific topic where you're going to walk away with really tactical, practical insights, or you're going to walk away with some sort of certification based on a new skill set that you're trying to level up in. Um, and that is okay for events to not always focus on being that practical. 
That's why Garth Brooks does concerts. That's why Burning Man exists, right? There exist these immersive experiences that people invest in going to. And when someone says, well, what do you expect to learn? You're like, I'm not really expecting to learn anything as much as I'm just going to immerse myself in the experience. And so if you sort of look at this spectrum on either end of that, you have the really practical how-to instruction into the spectrum. And then you have the, I'm not sure what I'm going to learn. If anything, I'm just going to immerse myself in this transformative experience. I think story exists somewhere in the middle on that spectrum. Um, you do learn some stuff, but you're not exactly sure what it will be before you come. And it is somewhat immersive, but it's not quite Burning Man or a concert, right? Um, we can't literally paint the walls of the venue or hang vines from the ceiling or, well, maybe we could hang vines from the ceiling. We've done some crazy stuff before, right? Uh, but there's only so far that we can take that immersive experience and people still come with an expectation of getting some sort of specific value. Um, and so I, what I am noticing is that events are starting to find their way to the outsides of that spectrum. And therefore I am interested in playing in the sandboxes that are on the outsides of that spectrum. Um, and by that, I simply mean, I think we need to either be really practical and very specific about what we're going to teach people and help them level up their skill sets. And we're great at that when that's our focus. And I also think we're really great at creating really immersive experiences that are far more immersive than a conference like story could ever be um, like we do with some of our client events at our retreats. And um, I, th I think those are awesome and provide an incredible value. They're just very different in nature and design. And in a global pandemic where the world, where the words essential and non-essential were tossed around quite a bit, a conference event style event that's sort of elusive in understanding or explanation, um, I think has a tendency to be viewed as non-essential. Um, and so we're going to take a break from conference style events, uh, in person for at least a year or two, maybe more, uh, and explore the ends of that spectrum that I just, def uh, defined. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, let me see if I can find the person who asked, actually asked that question. Looks like it was Claire. I'm scanning my screen for Claire. She's able to unmute and chat. I'm, I'm here. Hi. Hi, Claire. Does that answer your question at all? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. It was just such a rich experience. Um, and I was sad that it was my first and I guess my last in its current <laughs> form. So, yeah. um, but thank you. Yeah. What you do is amazing. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, thanks for joining us. I promise this is not the end of the story of story. Um, we just need a break to reinvent, recalibrate, um, reimagine. Uh, I hear you. I work in the event like. marketing very frequently, so I know the burn. Yeah, yeah. And seven years, there's a natural cycle to seven years, I think. And so to do something for seven years, at the very least, to take a break and come back and reimagine it all over again, I think is really healthy for our team. Right. Are you saying you have the seven-year itch, Harris? <laughs> I don't know what that is. <laughs> That's a marriage thing. Is it? <laughs> yes. You say the seventh year of marriage is a hard year. Oh, I don't know. Kate, I think our first year of marriage was our hardest year. By, by year seven. Our first or second year was definitely <laughs> the hardest year. Seven, yeah. we were in the zone. 
Yeah, by yeah, seven, we hit a stride and now we're at 17 years and counting uh, and it's been an amazing ride, but yeah. But it's a great question. Thanks for asking it. Sure. I'm sure every, it's the question everyone else is wondering and they're not sure how to ask is what, <laughs> where do we go from here? <laughs> um, anything else, the team, Hannah, Kate, Angie, anything you want to add to that regarding uh, future of story or things that we've talked about behind the scenes? You're not rid of us yet. That's for sure. <laughs> It's true. It, and, and like, please know it has been, um, it has been an emotional roller coaster ride for us internally. You know, it's, it's, I, I wasn't joking when I said there are people who literally think I'm crazy. They're just like, I just don't understand. Um, like to sit in that room for two days and to experience the level of, um, like richness and success of an experience like that. And to see the caliber of people that I've gathered from around the world to turn around and just seemingly quit something like that feels, um, counterintuitive. And I understand, I, I totally get how it is perceived from the outside looking in and we feel crazy. Um, but when you see some of the things that we're working on eventually, and when we have space to reinvent and reimagine eventually, um, I promise the break will have been worth it. Yeah. Um, I think I, I was going to jump in and say just exactly that. Like we, we heard a lot, like how, why would you quit something that's so successful? Why would you quit story? And I think the misconception is that we're quitting. We are just moving away from this big event that we're hosting in Nashville and trying to reimagine it for you, you know, for the future, for what is best for you. And, and it can feel weird in the moment because you're like, yeah, but it works. I mean, it does when you see it and it does sort of on paper, but like, if nobody is ever interested in reinventing themselves, you just, you fall behind. And I was talking to someone at story and I was talking about, um, you know, the difference between blockbuster and Netflix blockbuster chose not to change. They chose to stay, Hey, everyone's going to keep downloading or everyone's going to keep watching movies. Everyone is going to be interested in watching movies. We are going to stay exactly the same. And Netflix came along and said, people are still going to watch movies, but you don't have to do it like that. And then now look at it. Blockbuster is obsolete. So we are always in the position of wanting to not lose steam and not, you know, not reinvent ourselves for the sake of just keeping yeah. the same. So we, we have tons of stuff that we're working on. We have tons of stuff. We are not quitting this community because this community is the future. So we still care. We start, we are still here. We are still working. Yeah. It's just going to look a little different but yeah. for the better. And, and I'll, I'll add to that too. And it, it will also be nice to have a break. Uh, I know, I know seven years, seven years is a long time to navigate the event space when it includes two or three years of pandemic, um, navigation, right? It's, it's just a lot. And worst case scenario, we need a break to pause, um, and catch our breath. Uh, I've, I've been pretty open in public about, um, the financial model of story. Um, I've, I've never taken a single paycheck from the story account. Um, and so it is kind of operated like a nonprofit. It's not a nonprofit. It's owned by a for-profit company so we can make decisions fast and move quickly. And so even though it's owned and produced by our company, we operate, um, the budget at the break-even point, like literally down to the week of as additional virtual ticket sales were coming in, in that, those final few days, we were green lighting ideas that we kind of had in the hopper that we weren't sure we were going to be able to swing yet. Uh, we were able to take a little bit care, better care of the speakers who are also donating their time to be backstage. Right. So there's all these little things 
um, that we do. And that comes with, um, an emotional, um, roller coaster ride of its own, right? So the years that you fall below the break-even point as story, you still produce the conference out of love as a passion project. It just means that I have to turn around and write a check for the difference, right? And so I've been totally fine with it being a labor of love and and, and excited about the impact that it's had. Um, but seven years of that can also lead to the need to just, you know what, let's pause for a year, take a break, catch our breath, reimagine, reinvent, and then come back stronger than ever. Um, so, uh, that the decision-making process is not void of, um, that financial component as well. Yeah. Tricia, you've had your hand up for a bit. Thanks for your patience. What's your question? I come, first of all, I just applaud you for taking a break. I mean, I'm sorry, but I'm, <laughs> I'm an artist. You're an artist. At some point, you got to stop and fill your own well. So, you know, I'm kind of bummed that. I got in at the, at the one where you're the last one. But shoot, yeah, you got to shut it down and just figure things out for a while. I mean, you you can't, you know. Yeah. So, I, yeah. And I, I one of the speakers I was most impressed with was Todd Henry, talking about the three different kinds of bravery and one of them being the bravery to let go, mm -hmm. um, which really res, I, I didn't realize that was brave. I'm like, well, I am just unbelievably brave. <laughs> 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 so, but uh, anyway, so I like, yay, can't wait to see what you come up with, but yeah, I just shoot. Yeah. You're doing the right thing. Um, I had one, you answered my question originally, which was, I had never been to a conference before where it was it was like you had loads of keynote speakers and just a few breakout sessions. It was such an interesting balance. You know, usually you go where it's a, a few keynote speakers and a ton of breakout sessions. And it was and it was so new for me. I'm like, oh, this is such an interesting way to do this. And I liked it. And what I liked about it also, though, was um, so my question was, how did you how did you come up with that programming heavy on keynote, less on Mm -hmm. breakout, which seems risky and also was very successful, um, but different. It was a different way to do it. And sure. also just to say that, um, you know, so I tell stories with the moth and I, what I loved so much about the majority of speakers came from such a great place of vulnerability yeah. that, that it was very inspiring. Cause it wasn't like, here I am. And this is why I'm so great. It, so it was a really, I think that's part of what made the, the event so special to me was this balance of, of vulnerability and authority, which was sort of that perfect combination of yeah. that person knows enough to inspire me. And that person also is just like me um, in this in this journey. So I just wanted to commend you on the selection. I mean, obviously you've been doing this for a while, but this was my first time. So I was really excited. I mean, I had a couple of people say, you got to go. And I'm like, okay, I'm game. Let's see what's happening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that. And it's a great question. As far as the speaker selection, it's just, it has to be very intentional and it's all done through personal relationships. So there wasn't a single speaker that you saw on that stage that was booked um, through a manager or an agent or a bureau. Um, a good majority of them had been to story before, uh, oftentimes just as an attendee first, um, they are a part of the community. Um, you know, nothing, nothing sort of just, I shouldn't say nothing. I don't want to speak in absolutes. Um, one of the things that 
makes me chuckle and kind of annoys me is when I get a, uh, a very ego stroking email from someone who wants to speak at story and they lead with, Hey, I just familiarized your, myself with your event and what you guys are doing. And it's so cool. I'm the, like the perfect fit for a conference like this. Um, and then I'm always just like, oh, amazing. Like what years have you attended thinking that's how they got familiar with what we were doing. They're like, oh, I haven't been yet. Um, but they seemingly know all about it. And I'm like, that's weird. Even the people who have been have a hard time describing to me what it was like. Um, and so we've just been really careful to not bring in a lot of people from the outside. Um, I run a couple of other conferences. Sometimes we do that as client work. Um, and so even some of the companies that we consult with, when we go procure talent for them, that's not always the same process, right? But that's the process at Story. So it's not the only way, but mm -hmm. it's the way we do it at Story. Um, and part of the reason for that is because we have to protect that culture backstage. We have to protect... Um, the environment of vulnerability that you paid attention to and caught, um, that is a result of the personal conversations with speakers beforehand and yeah. the existing relationships and trust that already exist before they even step out on stage. It's just kind of in the air at story. Oh, and, it's, it's, it's tangible from the audience. Yes. There's yeah. that is not something I've hired and just put on that stage. And yeah. um, you can feel it. You can feel it in the audience. And so yeah. it makes it a different, it kind of raises that bar. Yeah. Uh, and that actually know. takes me to the answer to your first question, which is kind of around, you know, why so many keynotes and lighter on breakouts. Uh, I'm going to be completely transparent with you all. Um, if I had it my way, there would be even fewer breakouts at Story. Um, I have very strong opinions. Uh, you know, I'm a magician. I made most of my living as a professional entertainer. And when I toured around doing magic shows, there was this abundance or increase in magicians who started realizing, oh, now that, now that every venue we go to has a projector in it, I'm just going to set up a camera on stage and I'm going to start doing card tricks for the camera and then people can see them on the big screen. And so now I can go to a theater that seats a thousand people and I can do a couple card tricks. Um, and I'll be honest, that always really annoyed me because I'm like, okay, if you're going to go to a live event and watch the screen the entire time, yeah. you're not going to have an experience that <laughs> it's not exactly the same, but it's not that much different than what you would have if you were sitting at home in front of your television or on a computer or a phone watching YouTube. And I feel the same way about story. And so what do I mean by that? Um, when you are in a breakout experience, unless that breakout is immersive in environmental design or some sort of characters or storyline, then that breakout exists for practical instruction and information. Now that information is valuable. However, I would be willing to bet if any of you look over the course of those two days in Nashville at Story Conference, if you look at any of the breakouts that you attended, they might have been helpful and valuable, but I don't know that they were much more exponentially more valuable than they would have been if you just would have watched a recording of it or even participated in it live, but virtually instead of in person. Um, and so therefore, I think if you're going to take the time to get on an airplane and fly to Nashville and sit in a venue, I personally think you should have only the type of experience that you can't have in any other environment. Mm. Um, and so because of that, what experience can you have in Nashville that you can't have online? You can't have this immersive experience with the environment that we create. And now when we go back to the keynotes, you can take the same keynotes that you heard at Story and hear it at a different conference and you will hear it differently. 
The reason why is because we start with atmosphere. The environment is very important to us and the atmosphere in which you experience that talk in takes you to a place of awe and wonder that opens you up to a place where you're open-minded, you're more open-hearted, you're more willing to submit to the experience. The transformation is deeper than it would have been if you would have just listened to it in the form of a TED Talk on YouTube. Um, and so in light of that, we can give you breakout style topics and practical learning online pretty easily. Uh, you can get that on a course, you can get it on YouTube for free. What you can't get is the rich experience of those intentionally programmed general session journeys that we take you on that we hope end up being super transformative. Does that answer your question and make yeah, sense? It does. It does. It's funny. I, you know, I took notes because I'm an overachiever. So I was taking notes through <laughs> all the, the, the uh, keynote sessions and came back and transcribed them. So I actually had them and, and, um, and I was, it was just, it was very powerful. It was a really, I mean, again, I had no idea what to expect at all and was up for it. Like, sure. Yeah, let's do it. You know, so, <laughs> and, uh, yeah. but I was, you know, having been to conferences before, it's like, Oh, this is a really different way to approach this. And this was obvious. Everything is so intentional. There's a real intention behind this. And yeah. I just wanted to see what the decision-making was. And then you say, thank you for stocking with a, with a bunch of vulnerable people. Cause um, yeah, you're that's, welcome. that's the most powerful thing. Yeah. And it's not just that we try to stack it with vulnerable people. Um, I want to be clear. We try to create an environment where even someone who is not vulnerable is invited into vulnerability oh, yeah, and yeah, they I feel mean, like they feel like there's enough trust that is built in the air and in the culture um, that even if they weren't ready for it, they sort of in some ways submit to it, which is a really yeah. good <laughs> Yeah. Thank you. Great it's very well Thank yeah. you. Thank you, Tricia. Great question. Uh, it's kind of a good hey, transition. Harris. Yeah. So sorry, I totally interrupting, but nope, I did want to let you know that I texted you. Um, I pulled questions from the chat and texted those to you. So you have those in a list. I just want to make sure oh, you didn't sweet. miss them. Thank you for that. Um, I was just going to transition to Ariana's question because, you know, Trisha is sort of pointing out the intentionality of the programming. Um, she's asking a question about how do we break that down over the course of six sessions? Um, and honestly, that comes back to asking what is the journey that we want to take attendees on? right? Um, there's a literal arc at story. I don't know if you notice it, uh, or catch it each year. Um, but we are literally trying to begin a conversation on Thursday morning and do as much as we can, uh, to ensure that we close out that conversation and send you off on Friday afternoon. And so when we start with our high level theme this year, we want to have a conversation about reminding storytellers, the power of who they are. Um, you know, we start at a really high level. What are the parts of that conversation that we feel like needs to be had? Um, and that's when we start realizing like, okay, gosh, like they need confidence in who they are. Um, and so that turned into like faith, trust and pixie dust conversations. Um, there's a community or connection conversation there about how it's not just about who I am, but who we are together as humanity. So there's probably that's part of, part of the conversation. Um, and then you, after you get these high level conversation points, like this has to exist, you know, there's always more than six of them, but we go, okay, we got six sessions. So how do we start to package these together? And then what order do they go in and where do we begin and where do we end? And so this year we began with, if we're going to ask the question who we are, we have to acknowledge that we somewhere along the way we've been lost which is why session one was lost boys and girls. Um, but we felt like we couldn't even take that conversation 
to the next stage about confidence in who we are, unless we find confidence in some of the darker chapters of our story, which is why we then realized, okay, I don't think we can do this without having a conversation about the shadow and which naturally lent itself to the Peter Pan theme. Right. And by that point we're going, okay, how do we end day one on this really inspirational high note? So people feel empowered to take some creative risks. That was faith, trust, and pixie dust. And then by the time we go, okay, they just spent 12 hours outside of this room, at least 14 hours outside of this room. By the time they come in on day two, where are their heads at, where are their hearts at? Um, by that point, we wanted to call you back to adventure. Um, and so that's why we kicked off day two and session four was titled an awfully big adventure. By that point, we felt like we were ready to have the collective conversation. And hopefully by session six, we were able to say, oh, there you are, Ariana. Um, and so that's kind of like a peek at the programming this year, but really just zoom out and go, okay, as a part of this question that we're asking, what parts of the conversation need to be had at story this year? What order do they go in? How do we create a story arc where we can literally take people on a journey from point A to point B? As you probably heard and hopefully had the opportunity to experience, we put a massive amount of focus and energy on creating an intentional experience every year at Story from the ground up. It's not just a theme slapped on posters and websites. We think long and hard about this stuff. We think long and hard about how we want everything to flow, to feel, how we want to communicate how we take you on a journey that hopefully leaves you feeling inspired and able to ask bigger questions about what's possible as you leave the venue and head back home. We love what we do, therefore making it rarely feel like quintessential work, you know, quote unquote work, if you will. Our, our goal has always been to inspire you to tell the stories that can have a ripple effect into the future. And if that means putting a mermaid in the fountain in downtown Nashville, that means we find a way to get that mermaid. Now, when you're taken out of your normal routine or frame of mind, there's, there's always these subconscious things that take place, allowing you to be more open to new things, which means new stories. And when you're open to new stories, change happens. Hopefully, after this year's event, you went back home with your minds wide open, ready to tackle something new and risky. Maybe that lingering question of, don't you know who you are, is not so scary. And even if you couldn't make the event in Nashville or join us online this year, hopefully throughout this season of the Story Podcast, you have asked that question on your own. Don't you know who you are? We've explored that from multiple angles. And don't worry, we're not done. We still have a few more episodes headed your way as a part of this season of the Story Podcast. We're going to highlight some really cool things that happened at the conference. And so if you missed it, you get a chance to catch some amazing moments. So there's incredible episodes headed your way. And then what? Is it over? Heck no. Just wait until you find out what we have been cooking up and have headed your way next season. So stick around, share, subscribe, keep listening. Until then, I am Harris III. Please keep telling stories that matter. The Story Podcast is a production of the Astoria Collective. It is hosted and curated by Harris III and produced, edited, and mixed by Chad Michael Snavely and the team at Sound On Studios. 
All music is provided by the talented musicians at Soundstripe. For more information about this podcast and other creative offerings from Story, visit storygatherings.com.